Good morning. We have just emerged out of July. And in July, we had many, many parades. And the celebration of the 46th year of independence. You know, we know how to celebrate. There's the music, the noise, the dancing, the colorful dress, or lack thereof. But let's go back to August the 1st, 1834, when all blacks were freed. It was expected that there would be similar parades to the ones that we have today, and that there would be crimes against the former masters. But no, the marchers were quiet, somber, wearing their best clothes, and very law-abiding, many ducking into churches to have a prayer on the way. Or why? They wondered what the future held for them. They would no longer have the food, the clothing, the medical attention provided by their masters. Would freedom be all it was cracked up to be? And there were two divisions in those marching, and each division disliked the other. The ex-slaves felt that the liberated Africans were inferior as they did not know the Bahamas as they did. The liberated Africans felt that they were superior because they had never been slaves on Bahama land. The English government had declared the slave trade illegal, and they used the English Navy to intercept slave ships and confiscate the human cargo. And so Sierra Leone was born with the landing of liberated Africans. Well, why? The English Navy fought to keep England free from the revolution that had happened in France. So they hit the French where it would hurt them most. They intercepted their human cargo, which they were going to sell for fabulous prices, and they took them away. And they freed them. Well, the French Revolution had proclaimed liberty, equality, and fraternity. May I see the map? England did not want to fall to the prey of the French. The French have more land than the English had, and they were trying to export their revolution to other countries. Plus, they had control over many other countries, such as Spain. They even created a way of killing people more humanely. It was the guillotine, which was invented by the French. May I have the guillotine? Uh, when you put your head in that place, uh, which you can see is outlined there for you, you unleash the uh, knife, which you see at the top. It's held up by a rope when you 
move that rope away, then the head is chopped off immediately. It falls into the bucket in front of the guillotine and the body is just pushed on the, on the other side in another bucket. And this was, of course, much more humane than the way they had been doing this before. They had taken axes and chopped people's heads off, but that did not happen immediately. You chopped once, you chopped twice, you chopped three times, maybe four before that head fell. So this was more humane. Well, all this is European history, so what on earth has this got to do with the Bahamas? The Bahamas is the gateway to the New World. Christopher Columbus proved that. And in the New World is where they wanted slaves, particularly in such a place as Cuba and Brazil. There were the American colonies, there were islands of the West Indies, South America, and all of that. So many ships were intercepted in Bahamian waters, so that here on New Providence, liberated African settlements sprang up all over the place. There was Adelaide first, Carmichael, Fox Hill, Gambia, Grantstown, and on every inhabited Bahamian island, there were liberated settlements. The liberated Africans were free. They were never slaves in the Bahamas. They were to be taught the ways of civilization. They were apprenticed so they could learn how to make a living in this new country. They were Christianized. They were kept together as a family so that if a man who was a liberated African joined the British Navy or joined the regiment. There was a place for their family nearby. It was guaranteed. The first landing of liberated Africans in the Bahamas was 1811. And by the 1860s, there were 6,500 living in the Bahamas. Getting back to the topic, how did emancipation come about? Well, England had undergone massive changes. There was the humanitarian movement, the evangelist, evangel, <laughs> get mixed up with my words, evangelical churches, the missionaries from the West Indies who went back to England and made tours, speaking tours. They also wrote pamphlets, which people could get and read. The Quakers in, a, in 1755 uh, forbid their members to own a slave. And 20 years after that, if anyone had anything to do with uh, the slave trade, they got expelled from that religious group. There was the rise of the Methodists under John and Charles Wesley. There was the popularity of Josiah Wedgwood's cameo. The cameo, if you were anybody, you wanted to have one of those. 
And what did it ask the question? Are you man and brother? Well, how could you say you're man and brother if you're going to persecute people like that? Parliament had changed also. The Industrial Revolution had made the change. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, West Indian goods were preferred. After that, it became East Indian goods. And the East Indian lobby in Parliament always voted with the abolitionists. There was a new party in power at that time. Uh, it was the Whig Party, and they believed in change. So did the new king, William IV. In Parliament, there was a Christian politician, William Wilberforce. He chose a horrendous Bahamian case to sway Parliament to, aboli to abolish slavery. The case was remarkable because the Bahamas was known for good treatment of slaves, not like the West Indies. Bahamian Islands were small and not very fertile. The, the Bahamas did not have rich volcanic soil, nor did they have rivers and streams. But in the West Indies, you had all these things, and usually the owners of the plantations lived in England, and they left some rugged man to run the plantation. And he did not care for slaves. He did, was not a humanitarian. The West, uh, here in the West Indies, uh, there in the West Indies, they would chop off a man's arm just because he made a mistake in pushing the sugar cane through the press. The West Indies became known as the graveyard of the slaves because of diseases. There was malaria, smallpox, uh, worms, yaws, ringworm, itch. If the, Bahamas had hap if the Bahamas case had happened in the West Indies, people would have shrugged their shoulders and said, well, that's that kind of people, they do that all the time. Nothing to worry about. But here is the case. The case is a case of poor black Kate. She was a household slave on the plantation of Henry and Helen Moss. And that was in Crooked Island. Kate was accused of theft, insubordination, and insolence because she refused to mend her clothes when she was told to do so. Result for that was she was shackled and locked in the, in the stocks. By locking her in the stocks, she could not stand up straight. She could not sit down. She could not lie down. And this went on for 17 days and 17 nights. The only time she was ever taken out of the stocks was then there was an authorized flogging. She couldn't sleep because the mosses had decided to send somebody to rub red hot pepper in her eyes. And there was no sympathy from the other slaves. 
I don't know whether this was a black, tra cra black crab syndrome or not, but the slower slaves would come and beat her while she's in the stocks. Even her father came and he gave her 24 lashes. I don't know what she had done to him. After the 17 days were over, she was declared no longer to be a household slave. She was to be a field slave. Despite the fact she had never been in the fields, she didn't know what she was supposed to do there. She was supposed to plant and weed, but she, she didn't know anything about that. And despite the fact that after the 17 days of torture, she was weak, broken, dehydrated, and racked with fever. So early in the morning, she was taken out to the field, flogged in the field. She fell on the dry earth of Crooked Island and died at noon on the same day. Had this happened in the West Indies, it would not have had the effect that it had because it happened in the kindly, benign Bahamas. Parliament was shocked by the case of Kate and her dying on the first day of her new job. You must realize the evils, the evils of slavery and the providence of God in ending, in ending it. God used William Wilberforce to tell the tale of Kate and bring about emancipation of all slaves in the British Empire. Remember this as you mingle with your friends and neighbors tomorrow and the days later after that. They're all human beings made in God's image, so we must treat them humanely. Remember also that the color of our skin, the texture of our hair, the shape of our eyes does not make us different, but rather it forms the beautiful mosaic of the Bahama Bahamian people. Thank you. And before I leave, there's a book on the place there. Um, it's by Howard Johnson. He was a West Indian who taught at University of the West Indies. And he came here to work at COB. And while he was here, he carried out some very interesting research. And I would advise you, if you're interested in this, to try and get the book and somebody in the eight o'clock class was able to uh, go to Amazon and find it. A slightly different name, but you can tell from what I've said, it is following the same thing. Thank you very much.